And Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber. And joining me as always is my absolutely fantastic co-host, Waylon Davis. Hey, everybody. And we have an absolute treat. Because if you can look down on the bottom part of the screen, joining us is the man, Marcus Alexander Buff Bagwell. I'm Buff, and I am the stuff. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, this yeah, is thank you. Yes, this absolutely. is absolutely thank you guys. Oh man. Um, so how you been? Good, man. Real good. Yeah. So uh, I saw right before we started recording, you had some crutches. Uh, what'd you do there? Um, say again now. Uh, you, I know you, you walked in, you had some crutches. Oh, I, I, I had about a car wreck about a year ago, dude. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. about the car wreck. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just trying to get over that. It's just, it, it, it flames up here. And there. It's, it's like after I come off a trip, usually it's like, uh, uh, like it wouldn't bother me at all. I was all crutches yesterday, totally. And, um, but then when I walk up through a bunch of airports and stuff, it just kills me, dude. So, oh, ooh, yeah. So <laughs> oh, man. So um, I'm just like absolutely ticked. I'm trying to think about the best questions. I hope I don't sound like a fanboy Mark or anything like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing, you know, Dwayne and I said, you know, whenever we interview uh, Buff, let's make sure we don't sound like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Um, but, yeah, I guess we want to kind of start with some like early questions of your career. Um, so you were discovered by Missy Hyatt? Yeah. Yeah, Missy, uh, Missy was, um, I was at, um, I was at a, uh, apartment complex, um, called Popper Place Apartments. And she was actually still married to high stuff Eddie Gilbert at the time. And, okay. um, I look over the pool, I mean, way across, like, you know, a couple hundred yards away and see you know, this you know big 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 boob blonde haired chick that was hot you know and i was like damn yeah she was good but i couldn't hear him speaking or anything well the agent that was checking her that was helping missy did not know who i was and didn't know i was married and neither did missy of course so um i come uh, back from the the pool and trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Because I had, uh, my parents, I grew up in a very wealthy family, thank God, and had a, a blast doing it. But they went broke in 1988, which was my senior year, which is oh. which would have been where I would have gone to work. Yeah. You know, so my brothers yeah. blew it for me. They had, a, they had a hoot, you know, they had a great time and blew it for me. Uh, so I actually, I actually, believe it or not, went to the Atlanta School of Massage. That's, okay. that's, that's what I saw. I'm a, I'm a true licensed massage therapist. Cool. And, um, but how do you know what to say to you that you want to do at 18 years old? You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Uh, so my brother picked a gym. My middle brother picked a drywall company and because my dad was like, I don't know, he was going broke. And, and then I, at 18, I go, ah, I, I thought maybe massage therapy. I thought maybe, you know, with my looks and my personality and everything, I thought maybe I could make some real good money, you know, doing that, you know, 
and and also you go into sports medicine and mm-hmm. stay in the sports mm-hmm. world and do some maybe some kind of sports trainer or there was several options back then with with, with massage therapy and um <clears throat> so that's what i chose and uh so we got come back from the pool and she was she was checking into her room and um i thought yeah, you know, normally, I mean, I guess if I'd been a little older or a little smarter, I'd been like, wait a minute, what's the, what's the odds of, on that, you know, <laughs> but I didn't even think two thoughts about it. I was just like, that's weird. God, that's how, how, how ironic is what I thought. And uh, so she, um, I move in, I mean, she's moving in, I go inside my apartment. And later on that evening, she um, um, knocks on the door and I look out the, the peephole, you know, and see it's her, open the door. My wife's there. She comes inside and, she's, and she tells the whole truth. She goes, you're not going to believe this. She says, but I saw your husband at the pool today. She said, and I thought, God, that's a good looking guy, man. He should be, he should be like a wrestler, you know? And um uh, so she she was like, I mean, she goes, you know, I mean, you know who I am, right? And we we're like, sorry, we don't, because <laughs> you know, we did the same thing. I've heard ten million times is what we said to her, and I've heard it ten million. I guess pay me back, I guess. But the ten million things is, uh, I watched when I was younger, but I ain't watched mm. in a long time. <laughs> so, yeah. know, I, that's exactly what I said. And I bet you I've been told that 10 million times since then. So um, so <clears throat> she um, goes on to, you know, to tell us, you know, the, the story of what happened. And um, and then she was just kind of embarrassed and nice to meet us. And, and she goes, but really you know, you should really think about, you know, getting in the business. And I went, I said, those guys don't make no money. <laughs> and she goes, our lowest paid guy makes a hundred thousand a year. I said, you want to go over that one more time? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't quite hear you there. Maybe one more time. And so she said, she told me, and I was like, wow, you know, so here I am. All county, all state, football, baseball, and wrestling can do anything. I mean, I really could. I was a super athlete, uh, super good at everything I did when I was a kid. I was just a good athlete. I could do anything. Um, and um, loved the camera as a kid. Always was, you know, my brothers were always high from the camera. I'd always be right in front of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I was just made to be a wrestler, you know, but didn't think nothing about it, you know. So I go to wrestling school, and my wife, my first wife, she's all excited. She likes was like, "Oh my god!" She goes, "Oh my god, you you can do anything, you know." So you, this is gonna be great. We're gonna be making a hundred thousand dollars a year. She she always counting the money, right? Right. And I said, I said, well, baby, I said, let's don't get too far ahead of ourselves here. You know, I mean, this is. A pretty big deal. This is not easy to get into. I'm sure. I mean, it's it was so easy to get into. Everybody be doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I go to the. I go down to the. This is when there was no 
There was no power plant. There was no right. school. Wow. Nobody, no, nobody had a school. There was no schools and you just knew people and got into business is how it worked. And how we had it was Jody Hamilton had a little bitty warehouse with Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, um, old Sarge, and they had a warehouse down in Griffin, Griffin, Georgia, which is kind of like South Atlanta. You know, and I live on North, I'm, I'm on the North side. So it's about an hour drive for me. So I drove down there, you know, and of all people, Kevin Nash comes walking in. He's getting trained there too. And me and Kevin were actually really good friends because Kevin was like the big badass bouncer of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And okay. I was the rich, young, pretty boy of Atlanta. So, um, you know, I was extremely popular and he was seven foot, 350, extremely popular, you know, and, and trying to get into wrestling. And um, so I see him in the ring and everything. And, um, and we said, hello, and all that stuff. Well, I asked, you know, I said, well, how much, you know, how much is it? And all that. And they said, three grand. I said, three grand. Uh, and it was just a shit. I mean, just a crap hole, bro. I mean, it was horrible. <laughs> I mean, the, the ring was just horrible, you know? And he, I mean, literally like a, it was almost like a, a, a hole was in the middle of it. Oh, you, know, you ran the ropes. If you ran the ropes, you'd like run down into a hole. Or crack <laughs> like, almost like a trampoline or something? Yeah, it was, it was worse than a trampoline. It was a trampoline that was sagging in the middle. And uh, so I was like, $3,000 for that? And the guy goes, you're not, you're not even, Sar Sarge goes, you're not even big enough to wrestle. And I was about 225 at the time. I was, I was, I mean, think about it. Pull up a picture of the handsome stranger, bro. I, I was jacked. Yeah, you know? I do remember. I do remember the handsome stranger mm -hmm. yeah, was way was, back in the day. And that was that was you know uh, right after this. So I was super jacked and 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 I was two twenty five and I was skinny as a rail when I started putting weight on. So everything was muscle. Mm -hmm. So I just I, I had a real good physique. And I said, "What do you mean I'm not big enough?" I said, "I'm bigger than Brian Pillman." And he goes, well, Brian Pillman's a good wrestler. And I go, and how the heck do you know I'm not a good wrestler? And he goes, well, you know, it kind of cornered him. So he's like, well, I, it's, regardless, it's $3,000 and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I didn't have $3,000. And um, so I go back up to, I go back, I come, drive back home to Missy. And I said, Missy, I go, look, they want $3,000. I said, and it was in a dump. She goes, I know, but you got to get, that's how they do it in this business. And she really did, you know, take my career a lot further than it should have gone. <laughs> Just because, <laughs> because the way I looked, she knew they were going to hate my guts. She knew I was going to have a ton of heat no matter what I did. And so I, she really taught me all the walk in, shake hands, say hello to everybody. Mm -hmm. So doing all that, which was, which was me anyway, that was kind of guy I was just being a Southern boy from a Southern family. 
I was extremely polite anyway. So really her training plus my attitude anyway, being a nice kid, um, it just, it worked, you know? Um, and so um, she goes, well, I know another guy named Steve the Brawler Lawler, which actually just recently passed away from COVID. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Daryl, Daryl Gower was his real name. And he looked like uh, Jerry the King Lawler a little bit. So he, he went off. He went off that with uh, mm-hmm. Steve the Brawler Lawler, and um, <clears throat> so long story short, um, he trained. He trained me for fifteen hundred bucks. So I get I, I get somebody to loan me fifteen hundred bucks, and I go to wrestling school. So now back to the the the, the first play I told you about my wife being all excited. Right now, now she's all, oh my God, this is great. You're gonna, you're gonna do phenomenal. Oh my God, oh my God. <clears throat> I came back home, and she was all excited. She goes, "How'd it go? How'd it go? How'd it go?" I said, "I'm not going back." <laughs> she goes, "What?" I said, "Baby, <laughs> I said this is the hardest thing I've ever done." in my entire life i said and i'm smart enough to have already went over with missy you know like how many days a week they do this and how many times a month they do it and and the travel schedules and the planes and planes trains and automobiles and all that (laughs) i I said baby i said i said this is this is this is a big deal i said and plus that i said i'm crippled I said, I'm literally crippled from the first from the very first night. Some reason, I don't know why, I went back. And and uh he he was he was he was that was back when you were real rough on guys that were trying to make it. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy that the guy that trained you always roughed you up a little bit and yeah, try to see what you had, what you're made of, so you wouldn't. So you wouldn't walk away going wrestling's fake and all that mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Right. And um, so we we go through the whole thing. Well, about halfway through the thing, he hits me with a clothesline that takes my head off. And this is this is the first day, or the this second is, day. This is this is the, this is the second day. Okay, I've okay. gone back. Okay, I decided to go back, and he hits me with a clothesline that just about breaks my jaw. So. When we re, when we did something else to in this in a, while we were working, when he was showing me stuff, I was catching on real quick. Uh, I just like I said, I just I just I've done I've done everything, and, and just like Tanya and my wife said, she knew I was she knew I could probably do it, so that's why she was excited. And so I hit him with a clothesline right across the face as hard as I could and after that he eased off of me backed off because he said he said you you've actually got it he said there's no doubt he said you've you've got what it can take you got what it takes you got the right look you you can already do this you can already do a perfect arm drag your your drop picks the best I've, I think I've ever seen in my life um, I mean, you've got, you've got, you just, you're, you're a natural. You just, you've got it. You've got it. And so he backed off with me a little bit. And so I went back home 
And I told her, I said, I'm, I'm gonna give it a shot. And she was like, all right, all right, you know. So I give it a shot and I signed a deal for WCW that made me 500 bucks a week to go to wrestling school. That was my first contract. And I was mm. thrilled, you know, 500 bucks a week and you get to go, you get to go to wrestling school and I got my books, my books in the door, you know? Right. So during this, um, back up, back up. Before that is when I was noticed from Steve the Brawler Lawler and I was called the Fabulous Fabian was my very first wrestling name. Yeah, doing <laughs> doing some research, I saw that was Fabulous uh, Fabian. a wrestling name, yeah. And, and Joe Pettacino mm-hmm. is who named me. The big, gigantic, fat guy, but he was just a super nice guy. And he was married to Bonnie Blackstone. I remember her. <laughs> I remember, I do remember her. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and Bonnie Blackstone and Missy Hyatt were best friends. Oh, wow. Okay. And believe it or not, Bonnie Blackstone and Joe Pedicino were married. I, I knew that, that too. Big, gigantic, yeah. fat guy <laughs> and that good-looking <laughs> chick were married. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, um, long story short, they very first match, just like my whole career went, very first match, they just dumped the heat right on me. They made me the world heavyweight champion. <laughs> first, very first match. <laughs> Here I am. I've had about two, three or four, two or three wrestling classes, and they made me the world heavyweight champion. And I can't even run the ropes, hardly, you know. I'm, I'm still trying to learn how to run the business or do, do the business. But all of a sudden, I realized I can't figure this out. I'm having a hard time figuring this out. I mean, and I couldn't believe it. I said, I mean, like we, I'd get back in the car after a show, and me and my wife wouldn't talk for like 10 minutes. And I'd go, what is it? What, what, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I do this? You know? And she goes, ah. I don't know. I just, I've never seen you not be able to do anything. I, I just, I, I'm just blown away. She was blown away. You can't do it. She was, she was, and it, it was just, it was just hard. We didn't talk. We wrestled at skating rinks and you got two green guys that got in the ring mm-hmm. and had, and tried to call a match. And it was absolutely horrible, horrible. It was the most horrendous, horrible thing you've ever seen in your life. Well, during this process, I was still kind of learning, but not really. And then they opened up Global, and I became the handsome stranger. And then when I did that, we show up at the building one day, the first day, and I walk in the locker room, and the good guys and the bad guys are all in the same locker room. And I go, oh. I, said, oh. I said, wait a second. I said, wait a second. You mean y'all can talk before you go out? And they go, yeah. I go, oh my God. So I went from instantly about a two on a scale of one to 10 wrestler. Mm-hmm. to about an eight wow because i could i could, but you I could, could actually talk, talk to, to people yeah 
you can talk to the guy a little bit and make map out some things and make it an angle and make a make a storyline and make a match you know where before we didn't do it we couldn't do that so um so i got real good real fast because it was a bunch of great talent like hot stuff eddie gilbert mm-hmm. and um the patriot was out there x Pac was out there when he was a uh, lightning kid i remember that yep yep uh, harlem heat was out there yep. uh tugboat a lot of old timers um and uh, just i just learned a lot out there i learned a lot and and really learned the business out there and that's where i got hired from wcw from i got they saw me from there so they hired me for 500 bucks to go to wrestling school and the very first day wrestling school the very first day Uh, blew his knee out and we need somebody um, to, to cover him and Buddy Lee Parker goes well, well Bagwell's Bagwell can do it uh, he, I mean, he's, he's, he's actually really good and so they put me on the road and that was it bro I, I mean that was it I, from that point on it was just I was, I was, I was on the board I, I knew I had my chance and I took it, I took it over and did good and, and, um, um, and it worked, you know, so, I, but, I, but I was making 500 bucks a week. So I'm, <laughs> I'm losing, I'm losing money. Right. I'm losing money because it costs a hundred bucks a day on the road. That's the, that's the minimum you can make and make any money. And so I'm losing money. So I come back home and I go, guys, y'all got to pay me some money, man. I, I can't, I can't live on this. So my very first contract was 150 grand and I was 19. Ooh. So I'm making a hundred thousand dollars as a handsome stranger. I'm 19 years old. And, uh, so, uh, getting the business keeps going. And, but Dusty's who hired me, Dusty Rhodes hired me mm-hmm. and he wanted to name me Marcus Alexander Bagwell. And I was like, Dusty, you've got to be kidding me. That's, that's horrible. <laughs> I said, how am I going to get Marcus Alexander Bagwell over? I said, that's impossible. I said, you, I said, you can't do that, dude. Brother. I mean, you got Johnny B. Bad with the gun and Van Hammer with the guitar and everybody had gimmicks, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so I said, I said, how am I going to get Marcus Alexander Bagwell over? Well, they came up with uh, he, he, he just said he goes he goes I'm telling you something he goes as good looking as you are he goes with them pretty teeth he said them pretty <laughs> teeth you got he said he said Marcus Alexander Bag was a rookie he said you'll make it just fine baby I promise well the angle they came up with for me was everybody that Sting wrestled because I could do all of the moves and do them good. Mm-hmm. And I looked good, so when the guy beat me, he was beating at least a, a, a guy that looked good, that was in shape, and mm-hmm. you know, like even with like I had title matches with Rick Rude as a rookie mm-hmm. because because I was in shape, I looked good, and and I could do all the moves. Right, and he got a good victory instead of just a victory over nobody. So, but I lost every match. 
So what they did was, is they put me against every person that, that Sting was going to wrestle for the world title. And they had always beat my brains out and Sting would come out and make the save. So it did two things for me. Here it does, puts me, remember the Dangerous Alliance? Oh yeah, yeah. love yeah. the Dangerous Alliance, yeah. Steve Austin, Larry Zabisco, Bobby Eaton, uh, Rick Rude. Yep. Um, I mean, Arn Anderson, mm-hmm. all yep. the, Paulie Dangerously. Yep. He had the cell phone, remember? Oh, yeah, the big yeah. old brick. All that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it, it worked it, and, and it got me over instantly because I'm rubbing elbows with all these stars. Mm-hmm. So it got me over too, you know? Even though I was getting beat up, it still showed the young rookie trying to right. be a big Van Vader. Even though he beat my brains out and Sting would come save me. But it tied me and Sting together and Sting was the hottest thing going, you know? I remember he was. So it really got me over at the same time. And then one night I wrestled Chris Benoit and had and had no earthly idea what I was doing. Didn't know he was calling the he was actually calling the moves that we were doing. He was mm-hmm. actually calling them like the name of them, like fish out of water and something else, and this and that. And I go, dude, I said, your best bet is just to show me what you want me to do, and I can do it, and I'll remember it, and I'll do it good. Mm-hmm. I said, don't don't tell me the name. I don't know the name. I don't know this. I don't know this business like that. Mm-hmm. I said I didn't get trained that, that long, and I'm I'm very green, but I'm but I'm good. I said I can do this. So we go out and have a match, and it happens to be about a nine on a scale of one to ten. Maybe my best one of my best matches ever. Wow! And we get back from the back, and Dusty Rhodes comes charging out of the out of the the go position room, and he goes, "Bible," he goes. Why didn't you tell me you could wrestle? <laughs> okay. I said, well, Dan, I said, I said, well, I just assumed you, you knew I could wrestle. Or why would you hire me? <laughs> I said, are you kidding? He goes, no, no. I mean, I'm talking about why didn't you tell me you could wrestle like that? And I said, I said, dude, I said, um, I just assumed y'all knew and I didn't know what to say. And it was, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm great at this. You know, I, I didn't want to do that because I've been, I was taught better in this business not to do that. And uh, so I just kept my mouth shut and kept doing what I was told to do. And, uh, and then believe it or not, big Ben Vader is who put me and me and Tuco together. He okay. said, why don't you put okay. him and Tuco are good friends? And he goes, won't you put him and two cold together? They put us together in the very first year we were tag team of the year. And I yeah. was rookie of the year. I remember I that. I remember y'all year. watching y'all tag together. Yeah, I was rookie of the year and tag team of the year in the same year. So from hmm. that point, it was just straight up, you know, rocket ship. And I became the tag team master, bro. And I just became very good at it. 
And I am still, I say this on every podcast I do, I am, and, and I challenge anybody out there that wants to, to ask, because I haven't been, been proved wrong yet, but I'm the only six-time world tag team champion with five different partners. The only, oh, wow. The only one. And let me ask yeah. you, how much do you think Lex Luger wrestles like two cold Scorpio? No, uh, I'd say that, that they're totally. Yeah. How much do you think lost. Scotty Riggs and, right. and, and, and Scott Norton wrestle alike? Mm-hmm. Not at all. Right. So, it, but I didn't realize what it was doing for me. It was making me a better wrestler. Right. Because I was having to adapt to fit into Dale Wilkes and, and they and, and Riggs and Lex Luger and Too Cold all these different type wrestlers that I was having to adjust my wrestling style to make a world tag team champion out of it. Right. And it made me a great, a a really good tag team wrestler, plus a really good wrestler period. It just gave me a lot of good practice. Uh, You were tag team champions with Shane Douglas also. That was the the last one. That was the last one. It was, uh, it was Tuco Scorpio. It was the reason why it's six and five mm-hmm. is because we I did it twice with uh, we did it twice with Dale Wilkes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I did um, I did I did two cold Scorpios the first one, then it was me and Dale Wilkes twice, and then it was um, uh, uh, let's see, then it was Luger. No, no, then it was. Um, uh, it was Tuco Scorpio, Dale Wilkes, Dale Rips, Scotty Riggs, Lex Luger, Shane Douglas. Yeah. Wow. So it was six with five, mm-hmm. and with six with five people, right? And and nobody, nobody's ever done that ever, ever. And so I ain't got no trophy for it. I ain't got no raise for it. But I think it's pretty cool that nobody's ever done yeah. it. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, and and, uh, well, I was going to so, say in my notes, I actually have he has proven to be adept at either singles or tag teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I yep. mean, I think that's fantastic. I, I, I always thought it was a great, great you know thing, but not. I bet you, I, mean, I know for a fact, I've never one time been put over for it. Not one time. Not one time have I ever been, you know, congratulated for it. It been brought up, um, you know, told congratulations, gave a trophy for it, any kind of award. <laughs> I mean, nothing for it. But that's a pretty big deal, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm proud of it. I put it that yeah. way. And uh, so um, I brag on it a lot because it's a big deal to me. And um, so. Uh, that's just that's just kind of yeah. You know, I just kind of kept taking off from there, and I just I just became just the tag team guru. You know, I just really was good at I was really good at coming up with tag team moves and finishes mm-hmm. and um, um, spots, and <laughs> to the point where like I mean I'd be I'd be wrestling here I was a complete rookie wrestling Scotty and Rick Steiner. 
and I and I and I'd call the whole match. Mm-hmm. And and they'd be like, and they'd be like, you know, that sounds that sounds good to me. It was, it was like nobody <laughs> wanted to speak up. So I, I was like, well, what about this? You know, and I'd speak up and come up with different moves and things we could do and stuff. Because me, me and Scorpio, Scorpio taught taught me a lot. And uh, so from Scorpio, me tagging, I learned so much that I just became a really good tag team wrestler. Mm-hmm. And it was it was easier to become a name as a tag team wrestler than it was a single wrestler because. Think how many stars there were single. Yeah. And think how many great tag teams they were. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, I got a record with six and five. So, obviously, there wasn't as many great tag teams as there were single guys. Right. You know, so it was easier to be known, to get noticed. And and, and that's why I stayed with that stayed with the tag team stuff. And, oh. um, and, and, that's, and, that's, and I liked it, and, and I was good at it. I always liked watching you and uh, Scott Norton uh, oh, as a team. The only reason we didn't make it, the only reason we didn't make it was, if you may not remember this, but that's when I broke my neck. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. In fact, we yeah. was in a match, Vicious and Delicious, against Lex Luger and Rick Steiner. Mm-hmm. And it was one of our very first matches as Vicious and Delicious. And um, uh, Rick, Rick broke my neck. Yeah, with, the, that, with that bulldog he was doing off the second rope, wasn't the it? Bulldog, mm-hmm. with the bulldog. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I remember seeing that. Even now, I mean, when I've seen that footage, it still makes me kind of cringe. I'm like, yeah. Mm. It was, yeah, it was, it was a big deal. It was, it was, a, it was a big deal. And uh, he didn't mean to do it. It was just an accident. Right. It's, a, it's a move you made a thousand times. But, you know, that's, that's a hard move to take because you got a guy 280 pounds coming from behind you. Yeah. And you can't see him coming. Right. So you're having to, he's, he's got to grab you. Yeah. Right. And he, but he misses me. If you yeah. watch it back, he misses mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And when he missed me, I try to catch up to him because keep in mind, it was live, brother. Yeah. Right. So if yeah. you look stupid, you look stupid live. Yeah. I didn't want to look stupid ever. So I try to catch up to him. When I do, he hits the mat. And when he does, he bounces back into my face. Ooh. And my neck goes that way. Yeah, it's not your head back. Yeah, that that's why they always say, "Tuck your head, mm-hmm. tuck your right. head," because your neck can go this way a long ways, but your neck can't go mm-hmm. that way very far at all, brother. Yeah. So mm. it was that way. When you watch it back, you see it go boom when it swims in slow motion, and mm-hmm. I mean, just instantly, I went, "I'm paralyzed." There wasn't no maybe. There wasn't no you're gonna be okay, buddy. Mm-hmm. As soon as he hit me, I went, "Oh my god, I'm paralyzed." I mean, I knew it. I'm like, you talking about a guy that's been all county, all state in football, baseball, played sports my whole life. Was the youngest of three boys, constantly getting beat up. Mm-hmm. I had <laughs> at least fifteen assault and batteries. Uh, by the age of 19, kicked out of high school about 20 times for fighting. So this ain't my first rodeo. And I knew that it was, you know, I knew I was hurt and it was bad. And uh, so the only thing I could think of that I, because I'd never felt this feeling, I said, 
this I've got to be it's paralyzed. I'm paralyzed. And so sure enough, uh, they're taping me down and everything. And and I'm in my mind for 11 minutes, I'm paralyzed. But what medically happened was when I hit Rick, when I hit Rick, my neck swelled at three, four. Because that's where I broke my neck is at three, four. Okay. Mm-hmm. When I broke it, it swelled. And <clears throat> when it swells, you don't know it, but you feel like you're 100% paralyzed because the swelling has allowed you not to be able to move anything. Mm-hmm. And then, so two, two hours later, they CAT scan me. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm on the, the board with the duct tape across the forehead, the, the whole nine yards, you know, and Columbia, South Carolina. And um, they take me, they take me to the hospital or anything. Well, the doctor walks in and goes, sit up. And I go, what? He goes, sit up. So they're taking the tape and everything off of me and everything. And I, I kind of just start, you know, keep, keep in mind, you're paralyzed, bro. Mm-hmm. I was just paralyzed two hours ago. Totally paralyzed. And I went, what now? And so I get up and I start moving kind of slow and everything and, and just, you know, just, and I kind of scoot over the side of the bed and let my feet off the bed and I kind of stand up slowly, you know, and I feel like I'm completely 100% normal. Mm-hmm. And long story short, it was just it instead of it severing, instead of the my cervical disc, it hit my cord. And instead of hitting my cord and severing it and paralyzing me, it hit my cord and bruised it. Mm-hmm. And so what medically had really happened to me was a bruised, I bruised my cervical disc at three, four, and six, seven. So they had to go in. They back then the cadaver thing wasn't happening. Back then there was some doctors that did the cadaver and some doctors didn't. And most of them didn't. Because just think about it for a minute. Is your bone going to heal your bone better? Or is your bone going to heal better with somebody else's bone? Good point. It's gonna look. Yeah. It's, gonna, it's, gonna be, yeah. it's gonna feel better with your bone. So, but it's so brutal of what they got to do that they try not to do the cadaver because they have to shave off part of your hip. Mm-hmm. Yep. And oh. I was six six weeks getting over that. Mm. For six weeks, I'm walking around with not even a not even a not even a neck brace on and and people and, and me limping and people going what's wrong and i go well i broke my neck and i'm limping and they're like <laughs> you broke your neck why, why the hell are you limping and i go well i mean they got to take bone off here you gotta explain it all you know but yeah right this is brutal to this day i can't touch my hip without it making me kind of Mm-hmm. It just it's just a funky, real funky feeling. And it just it just, you know, it's just real, real edgy and, and funny feeling, you know. So, but 
that's 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 the that's the story and and uh, and they you know but I came back from it and I was back on TV in three months and my first match back was in 10 and back and when I say back in 10 I was back in 10 like Buff Bagwell I was back mm-hmm. shredded and ripped in 10 in 10 months was and that so, when you turned on um Rick or you attacked Rick Steiner you came out of the wheelchair yeah all right yeah that was that was good stuff yeah, was good yeah. Stuff. yeah. <laughs> and I could have I could have been one of the biggest baby faces on the face of the planet yeah and they instead they turned me heel dude and I was like I was gonna that right ask there, that right there could have put me with the rock or anybody mm-hmm. that one little move right. and instead I mean don't get me wrong I had a great run as a heel too but they could have really did good things with me as a baby face, man. I mean, I had 10,000 fan letters, dude, where mm. Desert Storm fighter pilots were touching my picture before going to battle. Wow. Stuff like that, stuff like that, bro. I mean, we were getting fan letters that make, they might make you cry. And instead of going with the fans, we totally screw them, and I become with NWO. And it just, it is, you know, it, it, it's what Eric Watts is what was what Eric Bischoff wanted, but you know, and it, and it, you know, I told mom and dad, I go, Hey, look guys, it, it ain't up to me. You know, I can't, I can't. I'm <laughs> like, like, I'm doing what the boss tells me to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm making $750,000 a year. Um, I, th- I think I'm just going to do what he says to do. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what were you going to ask, Waylon? I was just, I was going to ask before you said that it was, you know, their, the company's decision. I was going to ask what made you turn heel and join the NWO, but you said it was now we know a booking <laughs> decision. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, yeah, it was, it was dead against. I mean, we were convinced that they were going to turn me baby face and have mm-hmm. me be the next big baby face and give me a big run. And I mean, think about it. I really broke my neck on national TV. Mm-hmm. You could have had at least a year run with me and Rick. Yep. At least a year angle. And instead, he beats me in my first match back at the Ding Dome. I remember How many that. guys yeah. get hurt like that and lose their first match back? Mm-hmm. Nobody. But they beat me my first match back. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, man. Come on. So, long story short, that just ended that angle, mm-hmm. totally ended it. An angle that could have been a year long good one. And they turned me heel. So, everything that we didn't want, they, they did. But still, you know, to be a good baby face, you gotta be a great heel. <coughs> be a good heel, you gotta be a great baby face. So, yeah. They both they both work together, you know. You gotta they both work that you know the same way. You gotta you gotta be great at, at one before you're great at the other one anyway. Right. So it, it really did, it didn't make that big a difference to me anyway. It, it was uh, I had fun being a heel, and I made a good one. I thought I was entertaining and funny, and and it worked. And uh, but uh, uh, the long or the short of it was, I just I just preferred tag team and that's why i really enjoyed doing tag team wrestling well, I, actually, I think one of the best things you did as a heel 
because you know you're saying you're so good at it and there was a guy um because I, I was in the air force once upon a time when i was the guy i was stationed with in maryland he would always do an imitation of you at work he'd go you go whoa, 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 whoa. and he just flex <laughs> i'm like yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> they tried, they tried for six months to get me to quit talking into the camera. And I'd always say, okay, okay, okay. And I'd go out and talk right in the camera. But that was like, nice. that was like one, that was one of the best parts of the gimmick. It's like, that was, uh, that was the gimmick. Yeah. It's like, we knew when yeah. Buff comes out, Buff's going to say something in the camera. Right, a few, a few and, times and, during and, the match. <laughs> not only that, and every camera I saw. Yeah, yeah. I'd be in the middle of the ring and talking into the camera. Yeah, and it would crack me up when you would like look in the camera, and you'd like smooth your eyebrow. eyebrows down. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I had it. It was it was great. Finally, the suits finally came down and got all the agents off of me and said, "You let Bagwell talk in the camera." as much as he wants because they knew it was good. Yeah, it was working. Obviously they were getting good ratings from it. Mm -hmm. So, but, but I mean, I don't understand why nobody, I, I don't understand why everybody didn't do it. You got 30,000 people here. Okay. And you got 20 million right here. Mm -hmm. Where are you going to go? Right. <laughs> I'm going to go right here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going for the 20 million. Yeah. And I think that's what got me over. I really do. I think that's part of the reason of me getting over and people recognizing me so much and knowing me and laughing at the things I would say. Cause I'd say funny stuff and mm -hmm. you know, I say stuff like, look at me, you know, I said, mm -hmm. do you think I just woke up and looked like this? <laughs> There's a plan to look like this, brother. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just have funny things. I didn't, and I didn't never write down anything. It was all just ad lib, everything I've ever said. And the only interview I ever wrote down was the one I imitated when I imitated Scott Steiner. And that was the best interview I've ever done in my entire life, where I wore his, with his blonde wig out, yep. did the beard, died, and all that. He had dogged me the week before. Mm -hmm. yep. And so I went out and dogged him back out, and it was, <laughs> it was, it was good. It was a good interview. But I, on that one, I wrote it down and practiced it. And, but it was a good, good interview. Right. When I got to the back from that one, after I did that interview, I got to the back. Luger meets me at the go position. He goes, hide. <laughs> I went, I went, what? He goes, hide, brother. Hide. I mean, Scotty was ripping locker rooms apart over that. Mm. And 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 but Eric, of course, loved it because Eric goes, now we get to put Bagel against you know Steiner. Mm -hmm. This is great. <laughs> so uh, the next match was uh, me against Rick, I mean, me against Scotty, and they put the Steiner brothers back together. Okay. Uh, Rick, Rick, Rick come out right when I was getting ready to hit Scotty with the blockbuster, mm -hmm. and he goes. He hands me a chair, like hit him with a chair, hit him with a chair. So I go to hit him with a chair, and Rick hits me with a chair, mm. and it puts the Steiner brothers back together. Yeah. Uh, speaking so, of the blockbuster, that's that's one of the moves that Dwayne and I we've actually talked about, like finishing moves, and that's one both of our one of our favorite moves to watch mm -hmm. somebody do. You know, and I like how a lot of guys are using it as, as a high spot now. Yeah, and that's something else we mentioned too. Yeah, we mentioned uh, that too. We were talking about that the other day. 
It's kind of like Jake with DD is the DDT, you know. What I yeah. mean? Nobody, nobody remotely touched the DDT for how many years? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you know, they're using it as a high spot. And guys are doing my blockbusters a high spot now, and it looks pretty good. I like it. And they call it the blockbuster. Yeah. Yep. yep. They, they don't now they they don't call it the bump blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> but they, but they do call it the blockbuster. Uh, so which one did you prefer that one or the fisherman suplex as your finisher? You know, I, I really dug the fisherman suplex because of I was a big Kurt Henning fan. Okay. And um, and it just looked good. It was just a good looking yeah. move. And and it, it, it you're supposed to be able to do your finishing move on anybody. Right. So to do a fisherman you know, suplex on Tony Atlas ain't so easy. (laughs) (laughs) But if you can do it, you look real powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And and really, if the guy just gives you a little bit of push, it makes you look real strong and real powerful. So it was a good one. They gave me the Luke Dez press one time. I wanted to kill myself. (laughs) That's the hokiest, pokiest looking move. And that actually actually gets put over. But to me, I thought it looks, I thought it looked just horrible. I mean, as a finisher, I've never, I never understood how that was beating anybody. I always liked, it was my finish, brother. Yeah. I always liked how Austin did it because he would just, he would hit you with it and just start beating the crap out of it. Yeah. 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 But not even recover you. Right. Right. And but uh, cover you. He just hit you. He hit you. It's a good, almost like a cross body. Yeah. But they right. just start beating you up. Now I, I, I like that too. Yeah. But mine was for a finish. Yeah. It's like so somehow you I missed. I missed you you doing the guy. And then you got a hooking. It yeah. just it just looked funny. It just looked yeah. almost almost stupid. Like mm-hmm. like uh not not gay, but just it just looked. Pokey pokey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think to be a finisher. Because I, I think the last person I remember using as a finisher was uh, Tommy Rich. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Back in the day, and I was always thinking that's that, that's how they sold yeah. me on doing it. They were like, hey, <laughs> Tommy Wildfire Rich did this, and I was like, I don't give a damn who. <laughs> it looks horrible. Yeah, it's like that. You gotta be kidding me. Like that's not a finisher. That's no, it. it's just not. But, but yeah. yeah, I did like that move a lot. But the blockbuster, I was a huge Rick Rude fan, huge. Okay. And um, instead of doing just you know how you how you used to he used to slowly turn you turn them up and yeah, yeah. and then and then drop you you know yeah well instead of I couldn't do it like that because I don't want to exactly copy and you want to be different yeah so I came up with doing it off the ropes. And it just came out. Me and Scotty Riggs did it in the hotel room on hotel room beds. <laughs> and, 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 and I swear to God, that's how we practiced it. And we went to Cedar Rapids the next day. We were in Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. And that's when we pulled up with the blizzard and was on the all the garbage trucks with the NWO flag. Yeah, mm. yeah. It was I remember that, interest. yeah. It was one of the coolest interests in the world. And it was just a bunch of garbage trucks with NWO flags going and a blizzard was going on, man. And it was just really, really cool. But that was the first time I hit the Blockbuster ever. 
and we didn't, we didn't even practice it. The first time I ever did it on TV was that match ever, ever, ever. We never practiced it or anything. We, we practiced it in a hotel room. Right, right? but never in the never ring. In the ring, off yeah. the ropes. It could, have, it could have been a disaster. But it, I completely nailed it, and it worked, and there, there, there it went, you know? And, and it's one of the coolest-looking finishers ever. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. It turned out good. It turned out good. And oh, you can yeah. do it to anybody. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, um, as far as like gimmick matches, and you know, I'm going to ask you about one particular gimmick match, but I'm just going to say, what is what were some of your favorite types of gimmick matches, like cage matches or bull ropes or whatever? Um, to be honest with you, I hated gimmick matches because they just were too hard to make look real. I mean, the gotcha. The one where you had to drag the guy to all four corners and tag the corner with the rope. Like that looks to me, that look hokey pokey. Um, cage matches always look stupid. You try to throw them against the fence and people bouncing off and acting like it hurt them. And, and I, so, you know, I, I've only been in one good cage match ever. And that was when the NWO, we, we, you know, hit Ric Flair with it, with the, with the steel, with the door and all that. We tied War games. Up, yeah. Tied up Chris Benoit from the, from the top chain thing. Yeah, that now that was cool. That was a good one. But I'm I'm not a big gimmicky guy. I, I'm I'm just not. Um even when me and even when I beat Piper, we hit, we did the boxing match. Mm-hmm. And it just I mean I beat him. I beat I beat Roddy Piper. Who can say that? And I mean right. him. so I was thrilled to do that, but at the same time it just wasn't it just wasn't, you know, what I was, you know, exactly, you know, you know, looking to do, you know, I just, I mm-hmm. just, I just didn't like the gimmick stuff. I like the straight matches. Actually, I think that match would intrigue me anyway, because you're also a former Golden Gloves boxer, correct? Yeah, I was, I won the Golden Gloves state championship in Georgia when I was 12. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. So you've yeah. been punching people in the face since you were 12. That, that is yeah. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and think about this, and I had two older brothers, so. Kids would come out like this. I swear to God, <laughs> that's how kids. I, I and, and I'm over there going, <laughs> I'm like a real, like a pro boxer, you know, mm-hmm. right? And the guys are going, you know, with their heads. I, mean, I was, I was sixty-one and one, bro. Hmm. I was sixty-one and one, but they changed it. I was, I was, I was small for my size for my age. And they went, they do, they went by, they went by weight. Mm-hmm. So they didn't go by age. They went by weight. So pound for pound, I was 61 and one. Then they went to uh, age and I started getting rattled. So I was going to take a year off and come back. But think about it, that at 12, a year off and you're in high school. Yeah. Yeah. You're off now. I'm playing baseball, football, and you know, you know, doing all my favorite sports, you know. So boxing was just uh, a thing that happened that just happened to happen because we were friends with the coach and it was called East Cobb Boxing. And he owned he owned a store on the road we lived on. And he he talked us into getting me getting me into boxing. And I ended up winning the state championship boxing. Go to those state championship boxing matches. 
Mm. So, and then Piper was a Golden Gloves boxer as well. So, I mean, that mm. he, he was, a, yeah, that was, a, that was a, you know, like I said, we we went out, we went out, you know, saying, look, you know, you know, don't don't throw no punches here, you know, let's let's make this look right, you know. So we, you know, and and the gimmick was. He sprayed some hot stuff on his gloves, mm-hmm. and you know, it was burning my eyes and all yeah, that. Yeah, right. Gimmick, but still, you know, um, uh, you know, we didn't pull. We tried to make it look, you know, really try to hit each other. So yeah. we, you know, we didn't want to look stupid, and you, you can look, you know, you can look real stupid on live TV with boxing gloves on. Mm-hmm. You know, so we had to really pull. You know, we had to really, you know, hit each other, or we were going to look dumb. Right. So we, we, we put it in there, you know, and he, and he was in, and Piper's a, Piper's a badass, you know, so yeah, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was a real deal. So the match, when they had your mom up on a forklift, <laughs> how did that yeah, even, that was coming. well, how did that even come about? Because yeah, I was going to say, whose idea was that? Vince Russo. <laughs> oh, okay. Why did I not? Why... <laughs> There's yep. Yep, there it is. <laughs> Vince Russo who came up with that. Yeah. Who came up with my mom, believe it or not, was Rick Steiner. His really? idea, his idea was to bring my mom on TV. But my mom was was really super cool. Mm-hmm. She, she just passed away probably six weeks ago. But she was she was super, super cool. And she ran a lumber business in the 70s and 80s with 300 men employees. Wow. How many women, how many women truck drivers do you think there were? God, there's not None. a lot even now. None. Yeah. So truck drivers and things would walk in all cocky because it was a woman. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they were going. It's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, so she would dog cuss you. She cussed like a sailor. She ran that. She ran that ship, brother, tight. And we were me. I mean, we were flat out millionaires in the seventies and eighties. We made a million. The company made it. The company netted, not gross, netted a million dollars a month. Oh wow! For wow. seventeen for 17, 17 years, bro. And my father is in the NHRA Hall of Fame. Really? Now, if you're not into drag racing, that's not a big deal. But if you're into drag racing, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Isn't the National Hot Rod Association, the NHRA Hall of Fame, bro? Mm. So that's a big deal. So if you look up Steve Bagwell, he is in the Hall of, the Hall of Fame as a drag racer. So just, uh, so just, just, I had a family that just was very different and we just were, we were just rich rednecks, <laughs> but, but, but we were, we, we were, we had tons of heat because we were all good looking. We were all good athletes. So it just, it just instantly brought the heat, you know? <laughs> and then, and then when I get into wrestling, they want to act like I just, I just learned what the word heat is. I said, let me tell you what they call. I said, let me tell you what they call heat, Marietta boys. I said they call it jealousy. <laughs> yeah. I said, so don't try to swerve me with a new word called heat. I said, y'all, y'all. I said, that's just a. 
I said, that's just a, a word y'all came up with called jealous. <laughs> yeah. I said, I said, that's all that is. You know, y'all just want to call it heat to be different and be cool. Well, so where have you been well, able to yeah, travel? The, the, Go ahead. The forklift, the forklift thing was oh, yep. that was that was just I was that was one thing I was matter of fact, that was the last, you know, that was the very, very last pay-per-view. That that was very, very, very WCW's last. Was that was that was it Finn? Uh, was it Finn? I, I can't remember, but it was in Vancouver. It was in mm. Vancouver, and I wrestled um, the boy that killed himself. Um, that came out like Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, uh, Canyon, Canyon, Chris, Chris Canyon. Canyon. Chris you actually just tweeted about him today, actually, and I saw that, and I was—he yeah. was a—he was a great wrestler. He really oh, he was, was a great man, worker, you know. And um, um, and just um, over the over the homosexual thing, which was not, nothing. It wouldn't have been nothing to us. It it it, and but none of us knew it anyway. It didn't matter. He was a great worker, and we liked him. And and but it just—I think it just had a personal battle going on with it, and it just ate him up. Man, um, as far as like travels, because you mentioned being in Vancouver, but where else have you been able to travel like in the world outside the U.S.? Oh, dude, I mean, without exaggeration, the best way to say it, I can tell you everywhere, but I, I've traveled the world probably. I know I've traveled the world twice. Hmm. I've been to Japan 17 times. I've been to Germany probably 15. I've been to... Switzerland, uh, Ireland, Dublin, uh, I mean, Dublin, Ireland, um, um, God, just, I mean, just, we've been, I've just been, it's been everywhere, dude, there's not where, I mean, you know, all, all over Japan several times on tours, um, it, it just is nowhere with Thailand, um, we're just on Thailand. With, I wrestled Steve Lawler, I mean, uh, Jerry the King Lawler in Thailand. Um, it, it just, we're just, just everywhere, dude. So, I mean, literally putting all joking aside, I remember being in Switzerland and seeing like the best looking women in the world and then lay back on the bench, on the bench and had more hair under the arm than we had. <laughs> It, it was it was that hair thing, man. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun in Germany. We, you know, Germany had the red light districts, and yeah, you could always go over and party in the red red light districts, and anything went over there, bro. I mean, they literally had women in windows, and you oh, would wow. just walk up. You'd actually walk up and just point at the window, and you went downstairs and, and did your deal. Wow. Wow. Um, it, it was, it was a blast. It was unbelievable. Uh, were you on that North Korea trip? Yeah. Wow. So how was that? I mean, it's just unbelievable. I don't, you know, if I, if I'd have been any older, I'd have, I'd, I'd have been in trouble too. Just, I was just too young and too scared and too green and just stayed out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that's one country. I don't think I'd ever want to, uh, step foot yeah. in. Yeah, I, did, I did South Korea too. I did South Korea also uh, with Sting and everybody, you know. Um, so we did South Korea also. Uh, not and not for WCW. It was for um, 
it was for um, it was for an end. Believe it or not, an independent promoter called Ricky. His name was Ricky Nelson, and he did South Korea. And I'm talking about buses that had you know plastered with our faces all over them. And I, I mean, I was on the whole back of you know one of the buses, you know, double bicep and all that. <laughs> It was just really cool. It was well done, and um, um, but we just, we just, we just, we were everywhere, man. We were just, we were just all over the world. Australia, Australia. Remember, for the after um, WCW ended, the WWA started up. World Wrestling yeah. All Stars. Mm-hmm. Yep. With, uh, Andrew McManus, and we were we wrestled anybody that Vince didn't have worked for the WWA. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Sting all, and Luger were there. Oh yeah, Sid, Sid Steiner's Sting, Luger, me. I mean Jeff Jarrett. I mean, like I said if Vince didn't have you, mm-hmm. you were at the WWA because there wasn't no TNA yet. Yeah, there wasn't there was, nothing yet, bro. Right. So WWA was the very first thing to take over after W after WCW was gone and and. Um, wwf was solo <clears throat> how was it being in the uh in the nwo because i mean that for that time oh, that was like the hottest thing in wrestling how, what was that like priceless i remember i remember the day i got hired in there and kevin nash came and told me walked in and said hey would you want to be in the nwo i went are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah, is that even a I question? Said, Absolutely. <laughs> so it was, it was in Salisbury, Maryland, and it was the same night, if you remember, where that's when Eric came out and did the starting today. You've got 30 days to join the NWO or you're fired. Yeah. Yeah. Because he said, because he was like, you're either with us yeah. or against us. Yeah. You're with us mm-hmm. or you're against us. That's when me and Scotty Riggs come walking out. Yeah, yeah, I remember and that. I turned on Scotty mm-hmm. with, with Rick Roots, Root Awakening. Yep. And turned on him there, and was, and then there went Buff. Buff mm-hmm. was off to the races. Nick pa- Nick Patrick thought of my name. Oh, really? Yeah, we were we were on the flight home from Seattle, and we were trying our best. We, we just knew it was time to. Drop the Marcus Alexander Bible thing. It was just, it yeah. just wasn't cool enough. You know, it was just time to come up with something like The Rock, you know, Stone Cold. And it worked for you. It, it worked when you were a baby face, but it wasn't going to work when you were a heel. No, 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 exactly. And then when I, when I did the haircut with it, though, mm-hmm. oh, bro, that's, I mean, it just set it off, you know. And so I had the, you know, the Caesar cut with, mm-hmm. the, with the name and all that. And, it, and then Buff was just, you know, it was, it was. It Where'd was you get the idea for the, uh, like, your ring gear, especially like the top hats? I see you're wearing one now. The top, the top hat, yeah, the top, yeah, bro. The, the top hats, the top hats, what gets booked? I go where the top hat goes. <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to drop it. I tried to drop the top hat and move on without the top hat, and um, they. Uh, I remember showing up to a show without my top hat, mm-hmm. and the guy goes, where, 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 "Where's your top hat at?" I go, "Well, I didn't bring it." He goes, 
you didn't bring your top hat. <laughs> he said, well, hell, why don't you just shave your goatee while you're out? <laughs> and I was like, well, well bro, I, I, I didn't, you know, I, mean, I didn't know, you know. So I, I learned from that day on, look, that's the box that goes in. Gotcha. Okay. okay. I've even got a hat box I carry it in. <laughs> you, can't just, you can't just pack a top hat. I right. Yeah. So, but that, how that came about was we were just, I'm, I was, a, I'm a hat freak mm-hmm. and yeah. we were in lids. Okay. Yep. That was I, the hat place. Yeah. I like lids. And uh, my wife goes, well, try that top hat on. Just joking around. Mm-hmm. And I tried it on and she goes, you know, she goes, that looks really good on you. And then my mom thought of. (laughs) (laughs) She thought of that, which was cool. And it just, it just took off. Of course, all the boys at first made fun of it and Mm -hmm. dogged me out and all that. But then, then all of a sudden, now, now he's laughing, you know? Yeah. But then it got over and they were like, okay. (laughs) Now now it's on action figures. Yeah. Right. So it worked. It worked. And you can't, and you can't, hey, and guess what? You'll never see nobody copy it. Yeah. You know, know, they'll say, they'll say, hey, that's that Buff Bagwell guy used to wear one of those. Yep. Yep. It'll never be nobody else's gimmick. Mm -hmm. You can't just steal something like that. You can't. It's just forever. That'll be tied to me forever. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's pretty hard to find in this business and uh, to break that some kind of mold like that, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I did, and that was, that was cool, you know, so, uh, we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Dwayne, that's an idea for our next piece of merch. We need to get a top hat. Top hat. <laughs> yeah. Cause right now we'll see, we have the travel mug. We have the shirts, I have the phone case. I got the mask, you know, got that right when they were saying we're going to have to wear masks again. And so, oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, yeah. so, gotta have the mask yeah and you know but i never thought of a top hat dude i i didn't either my wife thought of it it. and then see at the the time that's when i broke my neck Mm -hmm. so we we tried to i was trying to come up with ideas to keep me alive right because body was so freaky and looked so good and here i was broken neck and lost 50 pounds right Ooh. so i'm trying to you know stay alive cover up mm-hmm. that's where the overalls came from okay okay remember the overalls yep yep so i always i would cover up you know trying to stay cover up until i got my size back mm-hmm. and then when i got ripped i couldn't get out of those I couldn't get out of those overalls <laughs> fast enough, bro. <laughs> I go to the ring because the overalls were cool. Mm-hmm. I go to the ring and just as fast as I could get out of them damn things, I was out of them. <laughs> you know, trying to show my abs. <laughs> it's like I did all this work to get back in shape. Yeah, I did all this work. <laughs> I'm but it was good. It was cool, man. It was a good run. Um, you know, so so correct. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Throughout your career, uh, I'm sitting there looking at a list of like basically everywhere you've been, it seems like you get some kind of gold, you know, some kind of title, whether it's a singles title or a tag title. Uh, but I notice you've also been part of the PWI 500. You yeah. Know, I mean, that's to me is yeah, you know, super cool. 
yeah, it is. That, that's a big deal. That's a big deal for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, and um, you know what though was weird is I, like I told you before, I never really got like it blew my mind that I didn't get more credit in the in the in the big in the with the big boys. Mm-hmm. It really really did blow my mind. I mean, I, I kind of did. I mean, I beat I beat Rick Flair and Roddy Piper back to back. And then, and then the third week was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm wrestling David Flair, and he beats me. I remember that. Oh, yeah. 85,000 people at the Georgia Dome. Georgia Dome, yep. 75,000 got Buff Bagel signs, and David Flair came and run the ropes, and he beats me. And I just, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, you beat Piper, you beat Flair, and then they pull that mm-hmm. run right back from you. Mm. Oh, because we got to slow him down. <laughs> we got to back him off a little bit. So, and you know what? You know what bothered me about that? I got, I could care less about losing to David Flair. What bothered me about that is our company was stupid enough to let. 85,000 people be upset because we were the very first match. When I came walking out, that roof came off the place, bro. And there's signs everywhere and Buff Daddy and Buff Bagel, the first match of the night show in Atlanta. And we're at the Georgia Dome and not Phillips. We're at the Dome, brother. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and then, and then, David Flair, you know, all those red cheeks he had. Yeah. He couldn't even run the road. <laughs> I literally, I literally had to pin myself. I had to like get his arm and hook it under my leg mm-hmm. and like pin myself. It was horrible. It was horrible. I couldn't believe that they had that many people in the Georgia Dome and they gave it away on free TV. I know. I mean that whole the the whole card should have been on pay per view. Oh, without a doubt. Especially with well, this, you well, know. They, well, think about this. They 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 put me and Booker. They put me and Booker in Tacoma, Washington, and called it the first match of the invasion. All yeah, that's yeah. fine. All that's yeah. fine. But guess where the next week was? Georgia. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Atlanta. So now let me ask you a question. If you're a Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. you're a Vince McMahon, you just bought WCW. Are you going to put Booker T and Buck back on Tacoma, Washington, or are you going to wait a week and put him in, put him in Atlanta? I see that's, that's something Steve and I yeah. have talked about because that's like Tacoma. That's, you know, that's WWE country. And it's yeah. like, you know. So is yeah. like, see me and Booker knew that night. Mm-hmm. There was something, something up. Yeah, it was. It was. They, they what? They weren't going to ever do WCW. CW, no, no, they weren't. No, we they. Knew, were, we knew yeah. that night. Nobody else just did. Yeah, but we knew that night because the next week was Atlanta, and how they were doing the finish and everything. Mm-hmm. We knew that night, and we're talking, of course, with our mouths over our face like this, you know, with our hands over our mouths, you know, talking. But we knew that night that 
it was over. Right. Yeah, it's like I had to play along. Yeah, it's like everybody. Week, and then the next week I get fired, and they and they make a lie up saying my mom called to get me out of some shows. Yeah, I've seen. I've, 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 I've seen. I've seen that. I've seen that over the years. Come on, man. Who the who the hell is going to do that? <laughs> hey, mom, will you will you call? I mean, think about this. Here's what you haven't thought about. I wrestled Booker T that night with 25 staples in my head from Helms hitting me with a water bottle. Cause that oh, happened, right. that happened before me and Booker's match. Oh, oh wow. okay. Cause I'd heard about that incident. I thought it was after the match. I didn't realize no, it was dude, match. that was us. We were Ooh. going to school to learn how to run, to get used to the 20 foot ring. I, I was actually yeah. going to ask you about yeah. that. You know, how, how hard was it to adjust from the 18 by 18 to the really, 20 by Really 20? hard, really hard because not only, not only was it 20 foot, it was it was a real rope, a real true rope. Okay. Yeah. And WCW was a cable, mm-hmm. a steel cable with garden hose around it and tape. So you went from 18 foot and yeah. to 20 foot and yeah. So it was <laughs> really, really weird. I mean, if you weren't careful. You go to leapfrog somebody and land right in front of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, hey, what's up, man? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a perfect time for the double bicep, though. Yeah, that would have been. Oh, man. So, yeah, but it was, it was, yeah. So, Helms, Helms hits me in the back of the head. I had to, they had to get a Sharpie to color where my hair was missing. Mm-hmm. And I wrestled Booker T, but then the rumor comes out that my mom called to get me out of some shows. Who does that <laughs> when they're trying to make it in the WWF? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, man. I mean, just, and here's what killed me. People bought it. They mm-hmm. believed it. So I literally changed my story to, okay, look, Let's say the the crazy bat lost her mind and she did it and didn't tell me and lied to me. I go, you fire Buff Bagel over that? Hey, Buff, tell your mother to quit calling us. Hey, Buff, that ain't how we wrestle matches here. And, and your match wasn't that tight with Booker. It needs to be tighter. It was never a or a warning. It was yeah, just just get gone. out in Atlanta. I mean, and fired me in Atlanta. I was like, what? So I was just a sacrificial lamb to show the locker room that they needed to start getting along because they weren't going to put up with it. And it worked because they said, "Hey, guys." They just fired Buff Bagwell in Atlanta, so um, you may want to um, you may want to just uh, everybody start getting along and just uh, stop the shenanigans, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it was it, I was definitely the sacrificial lamb, but they uh, they used for whatever reason they they used me to 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 you know to do the the saying that you know. Uh, my mom called in and like and the sad part is 
I ain't got no witnesses. I mean, Jim Ross calls me at home one day, tells me that, you know, to take the weekend off and, and just rest your head. And we got big plans for you. <laughs> but we got three witnesses, bro. Me, Jim Ross, and God. And God ain't showing up for this one. <laughs> so I ain't going to win the battle. <laughs> so everybody believed Ross. And I couldn't believe it, but they actually bought it. People really believe that Jim, that, that my mom called to get me out of shows. I just couldn't believe they believed it. But they did. Well, I know one show I'm going to see you at this coming Saturday up in Chillicothe. I'm going to be there because I've already bought my photo op with y'all. All right. I'll be there, brother. Yes, sir. And I even got a shirt for you as long as it arrives in the mail for me to bring to you. Uh, <laughs> you know, so you'll, you'll have a nice armchair booking t-shirt. I love uh, it. I love and, it. Um, and but do you, are you selling the hat? Oh, no, man. It's, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, I've, I've, sold, I've, I've, I've only sold one. Really? And the only time, the only reason I sold it was I, the guy was kind of a smart aleck. And he said, um, how much, he goes, how much you sell the hat for? And I said, uh, I said, hat's not for sale. He goes, everything's for sale. I said, five grand. And he came out with five grand. Yeah, I'd have sold the hat. No, I took my hat. <laughs> yeah. I... Actually, yeah. <laughs> there you go, my brother. Thank you yeah. very much. Mm. So, but yeah, the um, the top hat just is something that's really, the honest of God, every show I go to, I get asked, do you got your top hat? Do you got your top hat here? <laughs> your top hat here? You know? And it's just, so it's just, a, it's just an absolute must that, you know, my top hat goes wherever I go. Mm. And Dwayne, I just, I just not thought of something. Uh, Buff is the very first person I think I've ever met that I've actually played him as a character in a video game. I know. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's, you're right. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. Love it. I remember, I remember, I remember not knowing how popular we actually were yet. I remember realizing that we just were wrestlers and didn't really know that we were over yet. Mm-hmm. And um, the um, um, I came home and I had a big I had, I had a big mansion. I built a big mansion in Woodstock, Georgia, and I had a big theater room. And my nephews were down in the theater room, and I walked by the theater room and I see me on TV, and they're playing a video game with me, and they're both me. <laughs> and I went, what? What is that? And they go, oh, we're playing you, Uncle Mark. And I went, you're, you're doing what? <laughs> and all of a sudden, I go up, look at the mail, and there's a forty thousand dollar check in the mailbox. If you were just, Oof. even if, even, even Doug Dillinger, our our security guy mm -hmm. got 40 grand. If you were on the video, you got 40 grand. Man. Mm. So it was a big deal. Yeah, because I know WCW NWO Revenge, that was, to me, that's still one of the best wrestling games ever. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely is one of the best ones. Now, did you ever play the game yourself, or did you play it very often? Or never, no, never, not one time that I play it. I swear to God. <laughs> oh, I mean, because that'd be weird. Because like, I'm playing the game. I'm playing me. I I'm think I think that's why. I just <laughs> just too weird. Huh? <laughs> weird man. I can't I mean, think about this. Wrestling was so cool that we could watch it on TV and and uh, we can watch it on TV. Hey, buddy. We can watch it on TV and and it not be stupid. Right. right. It'd be okay because wrestling was so cool. Mm-hmm. But playing a video game and somebody walk in and catch me playing your video game and you're playing yourself. I'm not sure you can explain that one. <laughs> I'm not sure you can explain that one. Watching right. yourself on TV is one thing. Watching yourself play a video game is another. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have a ton of appearances I'm seeing coming up. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you're you're definitely keeping yourself busy, even with the clutches and everything. Staying, real, staying busy, which is good. And yep. uh, just... Um, um, just, just trying to just, just, it's, it's hard man out there now, you know I mean? It's just, uh, um, my, I can't get my knee well, man. I don't know what it is. It's the, it's the longest I've ever had with an injury. I mean, like I said, I made it back after a broken neck. Mm-hmm. I made it back in, I was back on TV in three months. Now I couldn't wrestle for 10. Right. Still in 10 months, this has been 16 months, bro. And I'm still on crutches. So I decided it just won't heal. And this past weekend, I, I was at the signing in LaGuardia. Right. And and um, just no crutch, no nothing. And then woke up yesterday morning and was just completely crippled. I guess overdoing it or. Probably, I, yeah. It just, yeah. It just won't quite heal man it's going it said it was going to be a year-long thing and we're you know four months past that Mm -hmm. so you know it's going to be every bit of two before i'm even even able to you know wrestle again you know right but you know see you're talking about about still i would still just be 52 you know i mean i'm not worried about that i'm just i'm just worried about just getting back i I want to start wrestling again you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm guessing you're also a big Bulldog fan, and you're pretty happy about there. Now I'm just seeing on your shirt. <laughs> yeah, I see the Georgia shirt on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, they, uh, I was real proud of them. They did good, man. They the first time they've won it in a long time, and bam, I've seen always get them, you know. And uh, they, they end up winning it this time, so I'm glad. Yeah, and turn around, and then the Braves won. Yeah, you know, so I mean, it's been a pretty good year for Georgia sports. Yeah, yeah, it has. It's been a real good year for us, man. So we've had a good one, bro. Yeah. So, uh, Joellen, you have any more questions for him? I mean, no, we, we, no. we don't get a chance to speak to, to Buff Bagwell very often, right? Oh, no, man, no I think that's what's so cool about it, man. No, I think I think you covered everything. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I oh, appreciate dude. you coming on the show. I love it. I love, oh, yeah. talking. I love, I can't tell you the times we've all gotten wrestling. We've all gotten cars. 
and it'll be like me, Luger, Sting, Norton, or you know somebody, you know four four or five guys in one car, whether we had a little minivan or Cadillac or whatever, and we'd always say, "Listen now, before we take off, absolutely no wrestling talk." <laughs> I, I, let's just please, let's just don't talk about wrestling. Three hours later, we had talked wrestling the entire <laughs> the entire ride was nothing but wrestling. I mean, that's your life. So it's like, yeah. of course, you're gonna you're gonna talk about it. I mean, I mean, it just as soon as we got in the car, it just it came out and just it just just wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. wrestle. <laughs> I was like, wow, what's the odds on that? Um, actually, I know the last question I always ask anybody we interview. Because uh, you know you're talking about road trips, perfect segue into it. You must be reading my mind. <laughs> uh, so when you're on a road trip, what is on your music playlist when you're on a road trip? Uh, you know, you realize music playlist wasn't really around when we were really, really, really traveling. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really have. A, I'm not a big. I mean, like, I, I got, like, the, the apps, you know, and I got I got an iPhone and all that. But the only time I really listen to music is uh, this is this is only because it's illegal to talk, you know. Right. That, that's the only reason I even got these. Yeah, up, you, yeah you got to have hands-free, yeah. You got to have hands-free, you know. And then, um, and then the... Um, uh, but but the, the only time I listen to music is when I'm working out. Mm-hmm. That's the only time. So I don't really have a playlist. I just don't. I just I just would just it just is whatever. It, it was never that big. A, it was never that big a deal to us because we always talked. It was right. always fun for us to talk. Right. Well, and you probably didn't travel. A beer, a case of beer, and talked. Yeah, and you. <laughs> Back then, y'all probably didn't. Yeah, you know, y'all always traveled together. Like you didn't really travel by yourself, and so you didn't really have that need for. Yeah, th- think music. about it. Yeah. I mean, it was, you're you're never by yourself. So if the radio went up, it went right back down, and somebody asked a question. Right. Right. You turn the radio back up, and it went back down, and somebody asked another question. <laughs> so the radio was never even on. I don't think when we were mm-hmm. together because we were just all talking about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't have anything else. I mean, this has been an absolute blast. Thank I love you. it, man. I really enjoyed it. And thank you guys so much for having me on the show. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, it's uh, it's always fun because with me, it's it's so easy because I just, I hate, I hate, you know, uh, not giving everybody, you know, what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And the reason why my podcasts I feel like are so good are because they're so true. Right. right. Uh, like right now, if you played back a hundred podcasts that we just had, every question y'all just asked me, the answer would be exactly the same and ex- with exactly the same tone. And that's because it's the truth. Right. You know, it's it's easy, it's easy, it's easy not to mess up when you tell the truth. Yep. If you lie, you mess up real easy. Yeah. 
Yep. That's why you don't see no pen and pad with my hand mm-hmm. or trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. When you get me on a podcast, you get Buff Bagwell 100% in every direction. So it's just, it's just, it's just the best way to do it. Yep. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to tell our other podcasting buddies, hey, y'all need to go talk to Buff. Yeah. Yeah. I got friends to this day that'll call me up and go, Hey man, I just wanted to call you for a few minutes just to talk to somebody that would tell the truth, talk to me truthfully for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you I, go. I, I really got friends like that that'll call me just to that they just want to hear somebody talk to them that'll that'll tell the truth right over the phone and, not, and know that they're getting exactly the truth and not a bunch of bullcrap. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we- I, just, I just always been like that. Uh, Dwayne is a man after our own own heart, right there. Because I mean, we've always said the same thing. Yep. Just tell the exactly. truth. That way, you don't have to worry about trying to cover for yourself. Oh my yep. god! And like I said, please, please understand the not lying thing is not because I'm a good guy; it's because I'm a bad liar. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that a long time ago. A long time ago, I realized, look, dude, you're not any good at this. So your best bet is to not look stupid and just tell the truth. I tell my so, kids that because none of my children are good liars. It's like I can see it on their face as soon as oh, they yeah. try to lie. I'm like, do not lie. It is not your strong suit. Just my tell, wife, my wives, tell the truth. My, my wives, wives would say, <laughs> they'd ask me a question. And they could wait. I mean, they could wait a, a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And re asked me the same question, and I'd mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> and so I realized I ain't no good at this. So yeah. I might as well just come clean with it. Yeah, I might as well just tell the truth and just come out of the gate with it, bro, and ride it. <laughs> ride it out, brother. Well, we definitely like hearing the truth from you today. And we, we oh, this has been awesome. You know, yep. thank y'all so much. I really appreciate it, man. And I'd all say anytime you want me, I'd love to do it again. All right. Awesome. And I'll be seeing you this Saturday in Chillicothe. See you in Chillicothe. All right, man. God bless. See you later, man. man, Okay. All right. Peace out, brother.